0: Welcome to the Mom Docs Podcast. We are three chiropractors on a mission to empower moms and dads to intentionally choose health for their kids and families, to provide core principles to raise their families holistically, and to help parents take an active role in their family's health. Our goal is to provide families a philosophical approach to health care that steps away from the conventional and supports true health. All right. Welcome back to the Mom Docs podcast. Today, we are jumping right into childbirth. So this is a topic that we've actually received a lot of feedback from our listeners. Um, and this is something that people really want to hear about. And especially with COVID happening this year, there are a lot of people that um, you know were pregnant and all of a sudden did, just did not want to have a hospital birth because of all the restrictions and their birth partner, maybe not being able to join them and all these things. People were kind of turning towards the more natural route, home birth, um, you know, with a midwife at a birthing center. So lots of different options that people maybe didn't used to think about. And so we really want to jump into this because, you know, as as many of our listeners know, we have 10 kids um, between the three of us. So we've done this um, many times, and we also want to share our experiences, but I think we should first look at kind of the stats behind birth in the United States, because I don't think many people are aware of this, but um, about every day, about 10,000 babies are born in our country. One third of those births um, are C-sections. So I was actually pretty surprised at that number when I first heard it. And the scary part of that is that only about 10 to 15% of C-sections are actually necessary. So we're, we're, you know, putting moms and babies through surgeries that are not actually necessary. Um, I think they're being viewed as, like, convenient. um, You know, you can schedule it. And, you know, the mom just kind of goes in, has the surgery, and comes out with a baby. But I I don't
1: think... think Well, just to jump in, I think that it can... Many times it can start out that way, and I also think a large portion of where this huge number of C-section deliveries comes from in the United States is women who, for whatever reason, whether it was a planned cesarean or an unplanned cesarean on their first birth, don't know that on birth baby two, baby three, baby four, baby five... Oftentimes, depending on your provider, you're just told it's a C-section. You've had That's one C-section, point. and you will need to have more C-sections. Yep. And I think that there's a real problem there because it takes moms who maybe didn't even intentionally hand, want to C-section in the first place, and it pigeonholes them into feeling like they really have no other options. Yeah. And truthfully, on that note, like there are so many providers that are okay with it and so many that aren't. And even within your own towns, sometimes it's just you know, firing your current provider and calling five others and saying, Hey, would you help me do a VBAC of vaginal birth after C-section? Is that something that you'd be comfortable with? And really I've found that it's just a a couple phone calls and you'll find a provider who's at least willing to let you try.
0: Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for pointing that out. I think, yeah, a lot of women just don't know what they don't know. And that's part of the reason why we're doing this show. Um, I did reach out to my my midwife who I've used for three of my births and I was just curious like hey, you know, have you seen a huge influx since COVID started? And she said, "Yes, absolutely. We're booked solid." She said we're seeing more VBACs, so a vaginal birth after C-section, um because women just really for whatever reason, whether it's because they don't like the restrictions in the hospital or they're actually, you know, fearful of of the virus. Um, but these midwives are, you know, totally booked solid. And I'm I'm actually reading that across the board in a lot of um, news articles since COVID hit. Um, so maybe we should look at, you know, the dangers of C-section because obviously there's a lot of people doing this and maybe aren't fully aware of the dangers behind it. Um, I found kind of a staggering... Um, Number that is, it sounds scary, but it's because C sections are surgeries, and women are actually three times more likely to pass away during a C section than in a vaginal delivery. And I struggle to share that number because I don't want to instill fear in people that have to have a C section, Um, but that is kind of a reality. And, you know, I think if more women knew that, we might see that number of C sections go way down. Um, Also, If you look at baby health during the C-section, they're not going through the the canal, the vaginal canal to kind of get inoculated with that big probiotic gulp, um, you know, because it's necessary to go through that and be inoculated because our our guts need that bacteria from mom. Um, There's a study now that's actually still going on, but it's called the Baby Biome Study, and it's actually in the United Kingdom. Um, And part of that study was recently released, and they compared C-section babies to babies that were born vaginally. And they found that C-section babies lacked the healthy gut bacteria that's normally found in healthy people. And instead, they were pretty alarmed to find that there were actually harmful strains that can cause disease. um, And these are strains that you would commonly find circulating in hospitals. Uh, So that's kind of alarming. They followed the babies for nine months. And what they found nine months later was that about 40% of the babies that were born C-section had their, the gut bacteria population was actually leaning towards the healthier strains at that point. But still 60% of them still had that um, harmful gut bacteria um, and it was being allowed to flourish in their guts. All right. So let's look at, okay, say you're having a vaginal delivery um, moving past C-sections, but now we're talking about doing like an epidural and again, there are risks with doing epidurals. And I understand why women um, might jump to that. And you guys, you know, I, I know you've had plenty of patients come through your doors that ask you, you know, should I or shouldn't I? What mm-hmm. do you typically, what's the conversation like with those with those moms?
1: I can hop in on here because um, while it wasn't a choice, I did wind up with an Uh, epidural for my first baby. So, and I, this was just gave me such a different perspective. Like here I was preaching this message of home birth and no intervention. And this is a natural process. And then we planned for a home birth with our first and my water broke and things were moving along. Just, you know, you know, all peachy, everything was great. And two days later I was In active labor, still having tons of contractions and not dilating. And then I started bleeding. And that's Mm -hmm. when our midwife under her care and guidance said, there's, you know, if you were bleeding because you were dilating, then that would be one thing and we could continue on. But, you know, you've been laboring hard for two days and you haven't slept in two days and um, you're not dilating and now you're bleeding. And so that was the time where we made the decision. We needed to go to the hospital to investigate where the blood was coming from. And once we checked into the hospital, they said, we don't care where the blood was coming from. Your water has been broken for two days. You need to have this baby in the next four hours. And we said, like, what? We, we're just here to investigate to make sure it's safe to continue having a natural birth. And they said we're, they wouldn't do an ultrasound. They would do no investigation. They just said, here's the deal. You can either go home or you can stay here. And if you stay here, we're starting an epidural and Pitocin, and you have four hours or it'll be a C-section. Oh, my goodness. And I, with tears in my eyes and exhaustion, looked at our midwife and said, can we go home? And she said no, Sarah, like we're here because you're not progressing and we there might be a problem. And that's why we came here in the first place and we don't have any answers. So I don't feel like going home is a safe thing for you right now. No, and no. I trust her and love her and used her for my other babies, um, my next two babies after that. But it was this moment of like, oh my goodness, I'm a chiropractor. I believe in natural birth. And it was like an out of body experience to be grabbing a pillow and leaning over and allowing them to put an epidural into my spinal cord. You know, like it was a complete out-of-body experience. But I'll tell you, this may take the whole rest of the episode, but I'll tell you, that epidural was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) it was like, wow, like I was comfortable. I like took a nap, I ate some food. Um, I broke the rules and when the nurse would leave, I'd like quickly eat something. And then when we'd hear the door open, I'd throw like the water bar at my husband. Um, but I got to get some rest. So I was really fearful going into my second, um, baby into my second labor, um, which was just, you know, 18 months later, I was really fearful with my wife. I said, I know, how good that epidural was <laughs> like it worked you know, like it, yes and so I'm I was really fearful going into another home birth and having this thing in the back of my head of like oh my gosh, but like, why am I choosing the pain? And it really took me understanding. And I knew it before, but like, once you have an experience or you're filled with stories of people telling you, why would you, why would you suffer unnecessarily? Why would you, why would you put yourself through that? Like, just get the pain medication. Nobody's giving you a trophy at the end of this. So it really took developing an understanding of why is this the best thing and what are the dangers of an epidural? And that is what the decision had to come from. The decision had to be about what was best, what was the healthiest thing for my baby what was the healthiest thing for me? Not what was the most
2: comfortable thing for me. And, and that I, I ask you because expensive. I know your, you know, your following births. You didn't have an epidural, and after like labor is hard. Like we all get that, you know. So like I'm curious your perspective um, because it is. It's obviously easier. Um, however, like what was your experience when you actually experienced? Like mm-hmm. birth.
1: Mm-hmm. So much better. Yeah. It was so much better. Um, I remember having Levi, and really, really, the recovery was so different. I was super, super sore afterwards, and I don't know if that was more to just having you know 18 doctors checking you every three minutes when you're in a hospital setting, you know, and the contrast of having no checks for a home birth, which was mm-hmm. for baby number two. Um, but the recovery was so much more challenging. I still, to this day, if I lean forward into like a weird flex position, like it's, it's actually like trying to change the it's the exact position of changing a baby's diaper on a couch, and then stand up from it, my legs will go numb and it's wow. happening less and less over time, but that was seven years ago. And it like, I can feel it right exactly where the injection site was. And I can feel it start from that point down. And it just takes a moment where I have to trust, like, okay, my legs aren't going to give out on me. Just stand here for a minute and it will pass.
2: Wow, um, right. That's I scary. Have- I, I've had a lot of patients that, you know, moms come in with low back pain. And mm-hmm. as we start to like, you know, do their history and figure out, you know, what are you feeling? And when did this start? I can't tell you how many times it's been, oh, it was after I had, you know, this Mm -hmm. baby that Mm -hmm. I started noticing that. And I traced so many things back to epidurals in that sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I did.
1: I had headaches afterwards. I had foot drop. Like, I couldn't wear flip-flops because my feet would, like, my toes would catch. So I And that was, like, a tripping hazard. But Mm -hmm. then contrasting that with Gwen and Roman, baby two and baby three, with no epidural, The healing process was so much faster, like no residual. And then I was just really thankful that I knew how to detox myself properly. I knew how, like I was right back under chiropractic care properly. So I was able to mitigate a lot of the effects, post-effects from the epidural. But it really is a scary thing when you actually analyze it. And that's like a lot of medicine. Like when you look at anything in conventional healthcare, Mm -hmm. we at surface value, it becomes so mainstream that we just assume there's assumed safety with it. So really taking a step back from anything, even something as simple as taking a Tylenol or taking Pepto-Bismol or getting a vaccine or taking a high blood pressure medication or getting an epidural or having a C-section, I think anytime we can step back and say, let's pretend I know nothing about this and let's pretend it's super dangerous and I want to just understand the risk benefits, I feel that's a wise step for any healthcare decision that you have to make is really analyzing what are the pros. What are the cons? Not just what is socially accepted as the norm.
2: And yeah. I think you said something that was really key there. You said that just jumped out to me, like assumed safety. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, like when you get pregnant and you're making those decisions of, am I going to have a home birth? Am I, am I going to have a hospital birth? There's a huge, there's a large like assumed safety of, well, I'll have it in the hospital. So if something goes wrong, I'm there and I'm sure you guys have heard this, the same story, but as we enter into that system, the birth becomes more like we're trying to control it from the outside looking in versus allowing your body to do exactly what it needs to do. And as we talk about like C-sections, you've probably heard this from patients, but I feel like the common theme, like the common underlying story For a lot of especially those one-third of c-sections that weren't necessarily necessary is that somebody went into labor either their water broke at some point their labor started to slow so that's when the intervention starts and in my opinion in most of those cases they're not exhausting all options, you know, such as you, Sarah, like you started to bleed. Like there was reason for concern. And I feel like in a lot of those situations and in this, the birthing stories that you hear from moms that ended up in an unwanted C-section is the the birth slowed. Things weren't progressing so then the next level of intervention comes along, whether that's breaking the membranes or breaking the water. And if things are continuing to slow, then it's starting to give um, the mother Pitocin, especially for water broken. and it's, it's, you know, hours now, then it's, well, let's speed this, speed this along. We'll give you a little bit of Pitocin. And we know that often when we get Pitocin, that's making your contractions harder. So that's often when immediately then it's the same opt for the epidural at that same time frame. Your contractions are going to get harder, so let's give you an epidural while we do that. That alone often then can slow the labor and then right. have this artificial, artificially strong contractions. And if the baby isn't in the right position to come out, now it's artificially like contracting your uterus to try and push this baby out and it might not be ready yet. And then what happens next? The baby's heart rate starts to drop. Right. And then, you know, that's, then it's next thing. Okay. If we don't get this baby out now, we've got to do a C-section and that ends up saving the day. Does that make, have you guys heard that common? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's such a common story that I feel like can be avoided if we go through, you know, some of what we're going to cover, cover here next.
0: Yeah. And I'll just jump in and share really quickly. So I had three pretty awesome natural births at home And then with my fourth, um, I had, like, two weeks of prodromal labor where I literally thought I was in labor. Um, And then uh, it would stop and it would start. And then ultimately, once active labor started, it was 30 hours before I actually had Layla. Oh, my goodness. And, I mean, I didn't get any sleep because my contractions were, like, eight minutes apart. And I would say, like, probably eight out of ten intensity And so I couldn't sleep and it was just very mentally draining. And I remember there was a point where my midwives, I had like four, four midwives just standing around my bed, staring at me. And I'm like thinking in my head, like, what are they, what are they staring at? Like, what are they waiting for? And I'm like, wait a second. Like, this is probably the point where, um, some moms will like say I'm giving up, like I think we need, we need outside intervention or something. And they never suggested that, but I could just kind of see it in their eyes. I was like, what are they waiting for? Like, why are Mm -hmm. they staring at me? Um, and I thought to myself like, okay, like this is, this is where I think a lot of women would probably at this point, they're so exhausted. And even though the baby's heart rate was fine, I was fine. I wasn't bleeding. It was just, it wasn't progressing and I think that at that point, I was like, okay, now I kind of have some insight into why a woman would want to go and have some outside intervention to help because nothing was happening. Luckily, my water hadn't broken yet. So there was no real reason um, to, to go anywhere. So I just said to myself, like, look, you you just need to trust your body, trust that it knows what it's doing. And there's a reason behind this. And actually, Layla was completely wrapped up in her cord, wasn't causing mm-hmm. any distress, um, but that's why the bo- the body was just letting her down slowly. And so thank God, like I didn't do anything to speed it up. Um, because by the time she came out, I couldn't even pull her to my chest. She was so tightly wound up. And again, she was totally fine. Um, never had any heart rate issues, but that's just an example of why we would want to trust the body in that situation versus like choosing to do outside intervention.
1: Well, and I think it's like, it's so fascinating to me that we, the, the miracle of a life forming from two cells and going all the way to this like nine month process where a whole like creation has been born, you know, like been Ben, um, a whole baby has been created. And then suddenly once labor starts, we think like the body doesn't know what it's doing. Like we got, we got to step in. We got to fix this thing. Like we can't trust it any longer. It's like no, yeah. there was nothing that we could do to to make a baby magically. Like no willpower was going to do that. That was an innate process. Like that was a God given process. Like and here we have this like life that's about to be birthed, and and then and then we decide like. Yeah, now is when now now is when like we can't trust nature anymore. Now is the time to like where we really need to step in and trust our educated medical minds here and I think when we can step back and really stay in awe of the process of a, the creation of a baby And then say that same process that made this baby, that same power that made this baby knows exactly how and when to birth this baby. And when we we can trust that, that's when you end up with like, okay, as exhausting as it was, Layla, had you had a great outcome with her because you just settled in and you trust the process. And I think that's a huge mantra that we have to get back to. Birth is normal. Like birth is a normal, natural mm-hmm. process. Like I, I really have been cringed when people say I had a natural childbirth. Like no, childbirth is natural. Like we don't have to qualify yeah. that. Like it's, a, it's natural. <laughs> okay. Like yeah, I, I naturally. Yep. Like yeah, of course you did. Like because because birth is natural. And I think when we can really focus on that, but stay in awe of the fact that wow, the same power that created a life over nine months, that is the same power that's in me that will birth this baby successfully, you know? And there's always, yes. you know, it's always great to have, you know, sound people around to look for the potential emergencies, but like, man, it really, in most cases, it's a natural, if you had a natural pregnancy, you you can very easily have a natural birth that can be trusted.
2: I love it. And that's a common question that I feel like I get you know, especially even from patients as they, you know, get pregnant, and they're trying to decide what their their birth plan, you know, is going to look like. I remember thinking that when um, before I was even in chiropractic school, my husband's brother and his wife were both chiropractors, and I remember the day that they told us that they were pregnant and that they were going to have a home birth. And back then, I mean, I, I mean, imagine the first thoughts going through your mind. You're, I remember thinking are you out of your mind? Like (laughs) like, you've ever seen like on a movie of someone going into childbirth and how much of an emergency it is, you know, like your water breaks and you have to rush to the hospital as if like this emergency is happening. And it's been cool as I'm just listening to you talk, like that's the difference. You know, that's why I ended up opting for home birth is that the more you start to understand just how powerful and and that whole um, everything that you were just talking about, Sarah, and your body's created to do this and this isn't an emergency. And when it came to that decision, like this is an emergency. My body is designed to do this. So why would I go somewhere to have a baby where I would go if it was an emergency? Right. And there's something about walking in there that it does, it changes your state, it changes your energy. Um, And that affects your birth, you know, fear affects your birth. And that was something that I mentally overcame through, you know, learning and, and affirmations and knowing and trusting like this is a natural process and there's no better place than in my own home to allow that to happen, to be laboring in my own, in my own bed, in my own shower, in your own, in your own space, that's comfortable and safe. That makes a huge difference, you know, just in how safe you feel and how confident you feel in your body's ability to do, you know, exactly what it needs to do.
1: I love the mindset with which I it's shifted for me when speaking to people about home birth because I get the same scenario. Like I don't live in a very progressive area. So people are like, Oh, you're having a home birth. What? Like, do you not have electricity? Like, like they think like, well, you can't find a, you can't find a hospital. And I've really shifted perspective when I speak to people of really to helping moms understand home birth is the best gift and biggest luxury you can give yourself. Like it is a five-star treatment to have a home birth, you know, and you just, you don't even really realize it, but shifting that perspective to, I'm not doing this because I'm trying to be uh, harmful to myself or my child, or I'm trying to just like inflict pain and go through that extra grit. Like I'm doing this because this is actually a huge luxury. So do we, should we go through some of the resources that we found to be helpful? I really think when it comes to home birth preparation and the more you know about it, the, all the fear goes away. Like when you really understand something, fear goes away, peace settles in. So the more you can read and research and listen to podcasts about birthing, the better off you're going to be. Um, but some books that are really good. Um, hypnobirthing is a great um, birthing class, philosophy. Um, there's also hypnobirthing books. Uh, my personal favorite book to read when I am pregnant and approaching labor is Ina May's Guide to Natural Childbirth. Um, the whole first half of it is just filled with birth stories um, from the farm, and the whole second half is filled with content. But for me, reading birth stories, which that's just a a text print version of it now with the internet, they're readily available. But the more birth stories I read leading up to birth, the more I remind myself that everything is normal. Yeah. The water break is is
2: different. I think that that's my favorite thing to do, too, is like reading different stories and understanding like each birth, even with all of us, like every single birth was different. And Mm -hmm reminding ourselves that no matter how yours goes, like it's, it's normal, right? Like it's, it's, it's normal to have a different birth. Not every single baby is going to enter into the world in the same way. And that isn't cause for alarm. And I think that's what those stories helped me understand is that I'm going with the flow of what my body needs to do and how this is going to happen. And I'm going to maintain confidence, you know, over fear. Mm -hmm. Another thing that helped us, we took, um, Bradley birthing classes, and you know in chiropractic school we learned about the birth process but this even helped us both my husband and i were both chiropractors and we still took the bradley birthing classes and i think what what helps people there uh the more that you understand about the actual process itself and how birth typically progresses it helps your mindset as you're going through it to know like okay this is, this is getting really intense. I must, I must be approaching transition so I can hold on and I can stick this out. I'm almost there. There's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, just understanding the different stages of birth is, is really helpful as you, as you go through that. Yeah, that's huge. That was really
0: key for me, especially with my first birth, because I, at that point, didn't really know many people that I was close with that had done natural birth. Um, and so I wanted to understand every single thing that was happening in my body and that it was, it made, it was like a night and day difference. Um, and Natalie, something that was really helpful for me, like we didn't do the physical birthing classes, but, um, again, we did hypnobirthing, which, um, we just ordered the book and got the DVDs and, um, that was super helpful just for like mindset because, I think there's so much fear out there about birth and like that it, it is kind of like seen as like this emergency thing um, that whatever you can do during pregnancy or even before conception to just start retraining your brain and how you think about birth um, is huge. Um, so that's what I did like every single day during my pregnancy with the first birth before I knew what to expect. I was just telling myself, like this is normal, this is natural' And I visualized like exactly where I wanted to be when I pushed our baby out, and I wanted like who I wanted to be in the room and what music I wanted to be playing. And obviously, you know that might evolve for you during your actual birth. Um but the more that you can see yourself doing it, I feel like so much better meant for your mental state.
1: I remember um, having dreams where I would like literally dream like the baby being birthed. Wow. And like it was like, and it was as if nothing happened. Like it didn't feel it. Like all of a sudden, the baby was just there. Like, and I remember, like, ha- like I was thinking of it so often. And so much that like, it just became part of like my dream cycle too. And I still actually have random dreams about like birthing babies and nursing babies. So, you know, some more people in my life need to get pregnant, I guess.
0: I love it. Don't don't speak that over me just yet. (laughs) (laughs) So I, obviously we're all chiropractors and we've helped so many women during pregnancy and even during labor. Um, But I think a lot of people are starting to realize the benefits, but Keeping the pelvis and your lower back free of subluxation or misalignments um, really allows for the baby to have optimal room in the uterus. And it's when we get these misalignments and subluxations that the the ligaments around the uterus can get tight. And so think of it as the baby really just being restricted in terms of its movement. And um, one area where there's been a lot of research done is looking at breech babies, so babies that aren't in proper position for labor and birth. And what we found with chiropractic is that when we realign the pelvis, we remove subluxations from the spine, those uh, ligaments actually can free up and really make room for the baby. And we've had several um, instances with patients, and I know you guys have too, where the mom will come in and say, oh my gosh, you're my last hope, you know, my baby's breech and I really wanted to have a natural birth, Um, can you help me? And we say, okay, well, we're just going to remove the interference and let the body do what it's supposed to do. And uh, we've had several, probably like seven out of ten times where a mom will come in um, with that presentation and uh, the baby actually will turn because the baby has more room to, to do that in the womb. Do you guys want to speak to any of those experiences?
1: Yeah, we see, I mean, same, same as you. I think when it comes to the breach presentation, beyond physically helping realign and release tension so baby can does have the freedom to move Mm -hmm. to its natural position for birth, I think one of the biggest things I do with moms, and I've actually done this with several moms across the country, just phone calls because... You know, they've reached out because they're they're concerned and they're 37 weeks pregnant and they were planning a home birth and they just found out it's a breech baby. And the first thing that I do is tell them, like, you need to calm down and trust that this baby is in the right position to be born. That's and if you, and these are these are moms that are under chiropractic care. They've had Webster technique done on them. They're clear. They're, they have no subluxations. They're, everything is good. But baby, for whatever reason, is still presenting in a breech presentation. And I think at that moment, we have to remind ourselves, we have to trust that this baby is in the proper position for it mm-hmm. to be born. It knows where it needs to be. And I think once moms can let that go and really become okay with it, breech is a variation of normal. And some babies anatomically need to be born breach for what and there's lots of reasons for it. But when we try to intervene, because we think baby needs to be born head down, if we if we can examine mom and know that her pelvis is properly aligned, her ligaments are are, are balanced. Then at that point, we can just step back and trust that this baby's in the position that it needs to be in to be born. And then oftentimes, you know what will happen? As soon as they release it, baby will take have the freedom to flip then and go head down. And it was really an emotional congestion that was wow. stopping it. And other times, babies born naturally breach. Because yep. that's how the baby needed to be born. So, I really think our mindset surrounding all of this, even natural interventions, we really need to be careful of. This is about removing all interference from a natural process, a normal process, and allowing your body to do what it is equipped to do.
0: I think we've covered a lot. You know, this is definitely a topic that we could continue to talk about. Um, I have really loved every single birth that I've had. It's such a magical experience. I think it really showed me, um, you know, how powerful my body really is. And I've had other situations in life um, where I've actually pulled from those experiences of having a natural birth and trusting my body's process you know, I've had other situations where I've had to trust my body, trust that it knows what it's doing, whether it's been, you know, when I'm sick and it seems like it's taking a while to recover or whatever it is, like having that innate trust. Um, and and until you go through that, where you're, you're birthing, you're growing a human and you're birthing a human, and then you're sustaining a human, you know, by breastfeeding, you know, it's just such a powerful thing. And I'm so thankful to have had the opportunity to do it. Um, and then obviously, if anybody listening it has questions, um, reach out to us on Instagram. We've been getting some really good feedback from our listeners, um, and we'd love to hear your stories and uh, just you know, support you in any way that we can. So thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us today on the Mom Docs podcast. If you enjoyed listening to the show, the greatest compliment you can give is to share this with others and leave us a review on iTunes. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll never miss an episode.
2: We'll see you next time.